Hello everyone, welcome to the Trailblazers Journey podcast. I'm your host, Saima Majid, well-being and personal transformation coach, speaker and mental health advocate. Before I introduce today's guest, I'd like to share my 10 days of meditation course with you. Meditation has been and continues to be a central part of my well-being practice. It keeps me centered and aligned with my truth and helps me stay on track with manifesting my life's visions. In this course that I've designed for you, you will go on a journey of self-exploration, self-love and compassion. You will travel within, cultivating balance and inner peace. I'll also be taking you on some rich expeditions which may unfold some inner truths for you. I believe deeply in the power of inner work and personal growth, allowing yourself space and time for self-inquiry so instead of just existing, you have a life that's in alignment with your deepest desires. So whether you're a beginner or a seasoned meditator, it doesn't matter. This will gently bring you into alignment with your core being whilst helping you to carve out and stay focused on your own unique journey. You can access the course by going to www.simamajid.uk and to celebrate its launch, there's an introductory price for the month of March. So go and get yourself signed up. And of course, if you'd like more tailored one-to-one support with your goals or to work through your life challenges, then reach out to me at info at So let me introduce today's guest. I am joined today by Egerman Sanley. Egerman is a California-based world musician who refers to himself as a modern dervish traveling to find his own voice within world music, carrying the flag of his Turkish roots as a musician. Extremely talented, Ege plays a diverse range of instruments, which include the sitar, the Native American and Turkish flutes, the handpan and the guitar. In this conversation, we explored Ege's Turkish roots and the impact that Rumi, the Sufi mystic, poet and philosopher, had on Ege's life whilst growing up in his hometown in southern Turkey. Ege's own musical journey began with him listening and playing heavy metal, which then led to moving into different spiritual styles, playing for thousands of yogis in the Bay Area of San Francisco. We also discuss why world music has not infiltrated the masses when it has so much meaning and depth. This was another rich conversation which I cannot wait to share with you. If you enjoyed the episode, please share with your family and friends as I'd love us to get these insights and knowledge to as many people as we can. Also, please subscribe, rate and review.
egemen, şanlı. Uh, I am a Turkish musician living in United States in California. I've played a sitar, a classical Indian instrument, as well as many other uh, ethnic instruments, including the saws, handpans, Native American flutes, mm-hmm. uh, guitar, um, Turkish flutes. Uh, you know, this is my studio right here you're looking at yeah. the honeycomb and it's actually full of instruments all around me it's so uh, cool yeah yeah and what i what i do uh, is improvisational i don't really have written music in any sense um so that goes to my core uh, fundamental of the classical indian tradition just kind of t- Uh, building my own style within that using my mm-hmm. Turkish background also my background as a so, sort of like a rock and roll guitar player for many mm-hmm. years okay uh, yeah so I I play improvisational music but I also incorporate a lot of uh, elements from technology so I have a guitar pedal down here you, I think you can barely see it yeah I use loops I use beats that I make on the fly so my goal is to just kind of have this full soundscape that has bass beat melodies syncopation all these things happening to allow me to take whatever main instrument I'm playing and you know truly improvise on it so That's what I do uh, by myself. I do work with other musicians too. Mm-hmm. Uh, my main musical partner, you might know, is Madhu Anziani. Uh, he's a vocal uh, artist and he also does loops. So when we play together, we sync up our loopers mm. and you know we create this. It kind of sounds like a full band. Yes. Uh, but it's just the two of us. Yeah, it's uh, so, so clever. We, Yeah, we, we created this unique style um, and I met him about two, two and a half years ago. He is my favorite musician of all time and really? I get to play with this guy. That's like, amazing. It's, 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 it's such a blessing and we, we yeah. always joke that, you know, we've done this many times in our past lives before and oh, wow. we're just carrying on the work. It was kind of it was kind of like that, you know, um, yeah, from the first time we met and played we knew immediately this is it uh, so um, and he does his own thing too you know um, uh, his solo work is also amazing and beautiful and oftentimes he he will come here set up right next to me and we would just start playing we're actually uh, making an album right now finishing up an album that's yeah. going to be uh, a dedication to the goddesses um, oh. of the hindu pantheon so you know Uh, Tara, Kali, Durga, Saraswati. Oh uh, wow! You know all all we, we and he's amazing in Sanskrit. He knows hundreds and hundreds of mantras, okay, uh, just by heart. Um, so last year um, we started recording this album, finally finishing it up and gonna be putting. Oh, that's soon. really exciting! Yeah, it's that's really awesome. really exciting. So when's that coming out? Uh, we don't really we haven't really set the date just okay. yet. Okay. but probably in the next four weeks. Oh soon. wow. Yeah, oh soon. soon. Yeah. We have it, almost everything ready. Uh we want we, we want to like finalize a couple things, then we send it off to 
DJ Drez. I don't know if you know DJ Drez. DJ no. Drez is a friend of mine. Amazing musician, just wonderful, wonderful. You know, um, so he takes it and he does the mastering. Basically, okay. The, the very final touches, just kind of like polishing it up for yeah. the last pieces. And he sends it back to me. And then I submit it out. And oh, then a wow. few weeks later, it's, it's out there. Oh, my gosh. I'm so going to. So how do we access it? It'll be everywhere, wherever you listen to music, okay. to, you know, Excellent. Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, whatever you use, you know, Amazing. When, when you submit it, that's one of the good things that you have these distributors, they put it out everywhere yeah. all at once. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So, um, okay, your bio says, Egerman is a modern dervish traveling to find his own voice within world music carrying the flag of his turkish roots as a musician right that's some some bio you've got there so <laughs> can you just tell us more about that because that's something that i'm really really interested in of course yes um i'm turkish i'm southern turkish i grew up in the coast of mediterranean sea mm -hmm. um, you know so uh, i was about four hours away from Konya, which is where uh, Rumi lived for many years. Mm. Uh, Rumi originally is from Afghanistan. Yes. Uh, but his family moved to Konya, uh, middle of Turkey, you know, when he was young and he spent the rest of his life in Konya. Wow. Um, so uh, growing up, I felt a deep connection to Rumi, yeah. even though uh, I can say Rumi was not as big of a big deal as Rumi is today. Right. In and rest of the world. Like, no, you know, we knew that there was this mystic poet uh, in in Turkey, but, you know, it's it kind of like the last 10 years, uh, Rumi's work is resurfacing and becoming a huge universal deal. Mm. Um, for me, it, it was something else, you know, um, I've always felt this deep connection to Rumi, even though I didn't know anything about his work. Yeah. Uh, I think it was around, okay, this is kind of a personal story, but let's mm -hmm. go right into it. You mm -hmm. know, I was seven years old, I think maybe even six. I don't remember exactly. Uh, we were on our way to the Western coast of Turkey and we stayed in Konya for one day. Um, and Konya is a very uh, religious town, you know, yeah. outside of Rumi, there is a lot of um, religious, uh, you know, old mosques and uh, yeah. religious tradition there. So, and, you know, we're, we're, my family is quite liberal, I should yeah. say. Uh, so when we got there, we, we were just, you know, visiting as tourists. Um, we were just going around and, you know, obviously you go to the tomb of Rumi, Mevlana mm -hmm. in Turkey. Yes. We call, um, and I really didn't know anything about them, um, but so we're there, we're at the tomb, and I see a sign, it's me, seven years old, the sign says, do not touch, you know, the tomb. Mm -hmm. Something inside of me was just awakened by that sign, mm. and I had to touch it. Mm. I had to break that rule and touch it. Yeah. And I did. When I touched it, something happened it's and it took me maybe 20 25 years to reflect back to realize what happened right uh, but what i could describe 
uh, as a visceral experience at that moment was that I experienced this white light, mm. like a fire. My hand was burning. So, so quite interesting, just all over my body. And then I pulled my hand back and we left, you know, mm. and that stayed with me um, yeah. ever since that day. Uh, Rumi would come to my dreams. Rumi would talk to me like the voice in my head. I wow. would identify that as Rumi. Mm. And that led me to reading more about his work and what he did and understanding his life, his own awakening. You know, he wasn't always no. uh, this open-hearted person. And realizing that he had in his life a major influence f uh, from Persia at the time, um, Shams uh, of Tabriz, mm. when he came into his life, he opened to this way of the heart um, and left behind all the things he knew uh, and became the poet. You know, before that, he wasn't writing poetry. Um, okay. So the more I found out about their relationship, the more I opened up about my own relationship to the world, to the people around me. Um, but at the same time, I was lucky enough that growing up in a small town, Tarsus, mm. which is a biblical town, yeah. this is where uh, St. Paul lived. And, you know, Tarsus is just has such a rich history. You know, my, my dad growing up was doing landscaping one day and um, he was digging up and he found the Roman columns in our backyard. Wow. Um, it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> so many different civilizations wow. have passed there. Um, Cleopatra lived there for a while yeah. and she was having her affair with the general of Rome. Um, you know, all these things. Uh, the Medusa uh, yeah. myth originated yes. from there. It's just does it never ends, you know. Um, anyway, I grew, it's a small town. It's it yeah. used to be like around all this agriculture and it's between two big cities Mersin and Adana it's kind of like squeezed in between never quite was able to get its own um you know respect let's say yeah uh, even though it has a rich 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 history mm. um, there happened to be an American uh, school there middle school high school uh that was basically started in the beginning of uh, 20th century by missionaries mm. to just kind of like, uh, you know, spread the American style of teaching and all that stuff. And um, it's called Tarsus American College, even though yeah. it's a high school. Um, and my dad sent me there, you know, so after I was done with elementary school, starting from uh, middle school, I was there. That's where I learned English. That's where my eyes opened up to the rest of the world. Right. And, um, that's where I got the idea that, oh, maybe after I graduate, I don't have to stay in Turkey. I mm. can come and study uh, for college in the United States or the UK. Um, so a lot of um, it, it had a major influence on who I became today. Yeah. That school, it has a really rich history and tradition on its own um just sort of like this uh tight fraternity mm -hmm. um, of of people 
you know, that look out for each other. All the uh, graduates always look out for each other. And, you know, for me, what that was this small kid from Tarsus opening his eyes to the mm -hmm. rest of the world. Uh, so they helped me out. I took the SATs or, or you know, yeah. whatever the test is. I And um, I, I got... Uh, pretty good scholarship for a little uh, liberal arts school in the United States in Pennsylvania, Franklin okay. R. Marshall College. And that's kind of started my journey of traveling, having that route as okay. this, this, you know, Sufi enthusiast yes. going out into the world to discover even more about what that means. Um, yes. And, you know, that after going through college there, New York City, California, this, that, traveling, uh, India, you know, Amazing. whatever. Um, so all these things kind of sparkled from there out into the world. Amazing. Yeah, so that's that's where that, that light line comes yeah. from. So, so one of my friends wrote that like 10 years ago, but it's still, it's still, um, it's true to me. Amazing. Do you know what? Just talking to you makes me feel like I'm watching whirling dervishes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it makes me like it's so relaxing talking to you and i i think <laughs> sufism sufism um is something that in england is not really that well known i would say like i think we're aware of other um religions and spiritual practices but not sufism like you know it's funny how like yoga has blown up but you know, and kind of Hindu uh, traditions or or even kind of Chinese Tao, you know, um, influences. But Sufism, I just feel like not many people know about it. Um, yeah. what do you, why do you think that is? Uh, I, I, you know, it, there, it's, there's a lot of gatekeeping that happens in okay. mystical Islam. Uh, and... There's still, in, this is just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. This, there is still the belief that uh, it should be something that is more or less kept secret. Okay. You know, but in the end, like I have to say, I am not a Sufi. No, I no. I am not a part of this tradition in mm. any official way. I just open up the book that is available to everyone, you know, any book, and mm. I read it. And yeah. I, I and I'm and I I'm in love with the words that Rumi yeah. uh, said, you know, six hundred years ago. Yeah, many other uh, mystics, you know, and and I'm not just um, in love with that. I'm in love with Kafir. I'm in love with Hafiz. I'm in love with, you know, um, Meister Eckhart. Uh, you know, it, mm. it, it, all the traditions that are, I don't. You know, anyone who is able to break through, put put the veil. Away and see the true nature of things. That's that's what the game I'm in, you know. Yeah. Uh, Rumi is just one of many. Yes. Uh, yeah. I just have I have a little bit more connection to Rumi because I, um, I uh, I'm from there. Yeah, because so, you're from uh, there. You can't see in the uh, shot right now, but right over there is my altar. I have a Shiva altar. I've been doing yeah. Shiva sadhana for about a year now, and in there I have. Um, photos of Ramana Maharshi, uh, Nityananda, Ram Das, Ravi Shankar, Bob Marley, <laughs> yeah. uh, Jerry Garcia, Nina Simone. Amazing. Um, you know, the, the list goes on. Uh, Suzuki Roshi, uh, Ananda Mai, 
you know, Rumi is there, of course, uh, Alan Watts. I mean, you know, yeah. for me, it's, it's why, why, you know, for me, it, it has always been hard to say, okay, I'm this, everything else is there, but I'm going to focus on this. Oh, I, want, I want a little bit of everything, whatever yeah. works for me, works for me. Uh, going back to your question, you know, um, Sufism is very interesting. It, it's Sufis existed before Islam. You know, right. they just, they just uh, accepted Islam because they connected with Muhammad. Mm-hmm. And um, for example, when you go to Pakistan, when you go to India, the, the, the Sufism there in certain parts, um, you know, is, is very, very different. Yes, it's really the different. the Sufism that you see in the Middle East, in Turkey. It's, yes it's, it's like two different it's things. wild in india yeah. in india and pakistan yeah. it's a little bit wild <laughs> and i kind of like that <laughs> yeah oh my god they're, they're like the me. hair is everywhere and yeah, yeah so the, the, i love the it the head whirling and all yeah the whereas wildness. in turkey it's a lot more which is what i love about uh the turkey um whirlers because I, I think they look like little toys. I think they look like, you know, like when you get a little toy box, a jewelry box and you get a little, you get a little ballerina, just like, I feel yeah. like the Sufis in Turkey, the whirlers, that's what they, they, they look like, which is what really, that's what sends me into a trance. Whereas yeah. I think the ones in India and Pakistan, they're just absolutely mad. <laughs> like... it's, it's, it's like going to the same spot through different ways you know yes. in india they will just go through the way of wild wild <laughs> crazy fast beats you know yeah uh, but ultimately they're getting into that trance of, yeah. of that trance yeah. right? same thing in turkey yeah. it's more reserved it's more internal it's, yes it's a little bit more conservative maybe yeah but it puts you in that same state yeah, you absolutely. It, you know, so it's it's just it's just tradition. It's just style. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, you know, whatever gets you there, as long as you get there. Yeah, I was watching um, with my dad. We were watching some whirlers on TV, Turkish, mm-hmm. and uh, we were just watching them for ages. And my dad said at the end, he goes, "I feel like I've been drugged." <laughs> <laughs> Like it just, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. So, um, you've you've kind of explained a little, little bit about kind of um, world music. So, yeah, how did that kind of then? How did the world music come into your life? So, uh, was that after you left Turkey? It was after I left. Yeah, Turkey. when I was in Turkey, a teenager, all I listened was heavy metal rock mm-hmm. i i thought every other music was lame <laughs> really <laughs> when, when it, you know i'm admitting to this yeah. whether it was like traditional turkish music or pop music whatever yeah. you call pop music i i thought was pretty lame um that that started to change when i i remember this i was just thinking about this actually when i uh, went to this music store um back in the day they would make uh cassettes cassette yes tapes yes that are mixtapes so yes <laughs> and i was just like looking for some heavy metal something and this guy's like hey take this one this is pretty good uh, take a look it says beatles okay I'll mm. take it and that kind of was you know the first non 
rock and roll well it's kind of rock and roll but you know like yeah. more poppy. and i was like whoa this is good and i didn't i don't know the words you know and this yeah. is like i still don't know english that well uh, but something is there you know so um uh you know i started listening to music outside of just rock and roll and heavy metal but that was still my base i was in uh, a garage band uh, you know, I played mm. the guitar. I Amazing. sang a little bit. That did you have was, long hair? I did not have long <laughs> hair. My hair does not want to grow long. It just gets <laughs> wild and crazy. But I wear, wear the black shirts, you okay. know, all that stuff. Yeah, I've got an image in my mind. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Um, and when I came to college, um, my eyes really started opening. My yeah. people I met, um, I met a lot of amazing music enthusiast people they might not play any instruments but they know about one band's everything about one band this one mm. band like you have to listen to this band because of this 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 right so they introduced me to bands like the grateful dead led zeppelin which i didn't even know existed growing mm. up in turkey uh you know um fish jam bands uh, mm -hmm. but also like some world music here and there hey check out this west african uh, artist um, yeah. so all of, as all of that was happening I was also starting to understand music a little bit better uh, through the through playing the guitar one yeah. of my challenges um, in Turkey was that there's not enough resources mm. you know, I never really had a teacher or yeah. I never really had uh, whatever I learned on the guitar I learned from my friends I right just watch what they were doing and try to emulate what they're doing yeah. uh, and that that kind of was frustrating for me because i would learn a song we would go and play that song in a concert two months later i would forget that song it would be gone and you know it wasn't until college uh, when things started to click that right. i realized for me like my talent in music is improvisation right so um I started listening to a lot of blues music, for example. Mm, I put nice. my headphones on, and I would plug in my guitar, and I played BB King, it. and yeah. know, try to see what he is doing, and but change it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so the more I did that, the more I got comfortable with what music means to me, what improvisation means to me, and uh, my senior year, mm -hmm. similar to all these experiences I was having, friend of mine came into my room with a DVD that said Concert for Bangladesh, um, mm -hmm. 1969. Yes. A benefit concert that George Harrison put together for uh, Bangladesh at the time. Yeah. They were going through some human rights issues and he was raising money. Madison Square Garden, he has Bob Dylan, Eric Clapton, mm. Neil Young, um, Neil, like all these people are coming uh, to do play a couple songs. The beginning of that, concert is Ravi Shankar playing yeah. a classical Indian piece yeah I watched that and my life changed it was similar to the moment I touched Rumi's yeah uh, tomb, you know um, yeah I, I saw the future mm. I saw that no matter what happens I'm going to learn this instrument it's going yeah. to become my principal instrument the sitar yes so when that was over pretty much in the next two days or so, I did my research. I found a place where I can buy sitars online. I ordered one. Uh, a week later, it came. 
it was in such a big box yeah my, my housemates thought we bought a new fridge <laughs> and i was like okay what what are we doing here like oh, oh i did i you know am i, yeah. am I in over my head um and this was 2007 yeah still the early ages of youtube and learning yes. things online there were probably a total of five videos that show you how to sit with okay. the sitar traditionally hold mm. the sitar play the main notes uh, and i began with that you know mm. um and then i bought a couple uh books that helped me a little bit along the way but it was mostly just me practicing and practicing and practicing and some of you might know this um the sitar is sort of a teacher apprentice style yeah. or any kind of teaching in uh, the overall Indian traditions, yes. whether that's yoga or music mm. is usually done through the guru and uh, student. I didn't have that chance mm. where I was growing up. It just had to be me. So I said, OK, the instrument is my guru. Yeah. And I'm just going to put my devotion into it. I'm going to put yeah. my time into it. And that was that, you know, I would yeah. sit and play Sargam, you know, all day long. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would start to get into these meditative states for yeah. the first time playing music, like really, really uh, everything else falling away. Just yeah. single pointedness was starting to happen. Um, so through the sitar i found my own voice but mm. as a listener my 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 eyes were open too now um you know f like during the college i i studied african music amazing i studied classical music um just as electives you know i actually finished a business degree somehow while i was doing all these other wow. classes um so you know like today when you look at my spotify you will find anything from, uh, you know, Siberian throat singing yeah. to uh, the music of one tiny island in the Caribbean. Right. To, you know, Iron Maiden, <laughs> to yeah, it, to a famous rap album. Like, it doesn't matter. To me, I consume it all. I take it yeah. all. Uh, I, I've said this before. Maybe you heard. To me, being a great musician is not about being able to play an instrument well being play being able to sing well i think it's it's about devoting your whole life to it and mm -hmm. and uh, practicing music all aspects of music meaning yeah. becoming a good listener becoming mm -hmm. a good librarian of music being like okay i'm gonna take this band i'm gonna study why did they even write that song mm -hmm. what led to them writing that song so like i love reading um biographies of musicians yeah. getting deep into their lives and how music was there the whole time but also obviously practicing your instrument practicing other instruments that mm. are not your main instrument learning about the technology of music how do you record what goes on in a studio oh, you know what what are the technological things that you can bring in to yeah. help you what you're doing so it, it, it's like looking at all aspects of music uh, you know and if you can do that you're a musician so just yeah. by just by going in to spotify and listening intently finding out about an artist makes you a musician in my opinion mm. 
Yeah, yeah so we've been learning some things from you as well, haven't we? So we've been on Insight Timer learning about mm. beats and yes, it was, it was really, really interesting, really interesting because I love music. Like my whole life is music and dance and beauty, but I don't think I will ever be a musician, could ever be a musician. I just don't think but I let's change that. Let's change, let's change that perspective, right? You are yeah. a musician because you love music. That's yes it. you know you don't it, i feel it that's it you i can't it. read you it you dance. <laughs> it's okay i can't read music i tried <laughs> really you don't have to. yeah there's a whole nother chapter in my life where i was trying to get into berkeley uh school of music oh wow and i go into the audition i play my things um and they're like okay good here's a piece of music play that for us and i'm like Okay. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> I never got in. You know? And um, I think it's a blessing. I, I don't think that was the right path for yeah. me. I believe that everything happens, you know, yeah. because they need to happen that way. And um, yeah, so I can't read music. I don't have to yeah. read music. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to play an instrument to be a musician, you know? That's what I'm saying. Let's change that perspective. I think. Okay, yeah, is that a limiting us, belief there? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Many of us have heard this oh your voice is not good oh you don't have a good sense of rhythm those are all stories yeah to believe those yeah, you're right okay you know, i'm gonna you, claim you, that you can, you can <laughs> talk that means you can sing you can walk that means you can dance even if you can't walk if you yeah. can't speak you still have music in you yes you know? and that makes you a musician that's it i love you that know, just just being alive is good enough for me yeah absolutely i love that i love that so you're obviously a very spiritual person um how has that how how did that come about did that coincide with your musical journey um it sounds like well it sounds like something that was in you from like seven years eight or uh, seven years of age you know when you had that roomy experience but did you know that that you were kind of very spiritual i did not right I did not know that i didn't even know that's what it was called right um, i grew up a very secular family you know my family uh was was very liberal and secular still is mm. uh, and you know um even though we would talk about these things every once in a while it, it, you know it's it's interesting when you have um you know you grow up in a country that has like fundamentalists mm. uh, and my parents in a way were trying to protect me and my brother away from yeah. that world yes um, so it was you know especially religion was like a little bit okay uh, maybe not don't get close to that too much yeah but then the the instinct is there you know um so the, the instinct was always there i've come up with my own like prayers in my head or mm. I'd, I'd always question the nature of things um but you know like after i came to united states things started to open up more and more uh, my yeah. understanding of uh myself has changed just like you know all of us as we grow up we grow up uh these like the the seeds start to uh sprout yes and um 
you know, uh, for me, the major uh, upgrade was the sitar. To, right. To put me on the spiritual path because I was starting to experience the, these moments of uh, the void, emptiness, stillness, whatever you call it. Yeah. As I was practicing. Excuse me. Um, so when I graduated, I moved to New York City. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know that's when i was quote unquote the starving musician right yeah yeah uh, looking for a job uh in advertising yes uh, or business whatever would take me and you know um, i had one year to do that before i get kicked out of the country right uh and uh, it was a tough time yeah. for jobs for uh, college grads at the time so i was like okay what can i do I would take my sitar, I would go play in uh, the subway, the metro, in parks. And I would always try to find like on Craigslist uh, and mm. things like that. Like where, where, what gigs can I pick up? I would go play in like art studios. Eventually someone reached out to me and said, hey, we have a yoga class. Mm. Would you want to come and play? That was the year 2009 when I first yeah. entered the yoga room. I never even really knew what yoga was. Yeah. Uh, as, as with my instruments, I didn't go in there to do yoga, to play no, music. No. So, yeah. um, so for many years, I just played music in yoga classes and didn't Amazing. really pay much attention to <laughs> what, what's being said and done in the, yeah. in the class. Uh, but that sort of started this, what you hear on Inside Timer, like that journey started in uh in a way in yoga classes where right. i'm like okay i can just play the sitar well i can't do that it's gonna be boring if i do that for 90 minutes how can i add some beats to this mm. how can i add some other elements that would keep it interesting so um anyway um the yoga path uh became a major part of my life when i moved to san francisco and uh, my partner was um doing her uh yoga teacher training at the mm. time so she would always share what's going on and uh how her life is changing and she was starting to meditate i never really meditated in my life right. ever before that and just seeing what was going on with her i was like oh there's something here so yeah i did my yoga teacher training yeah a, a year or two after her and really fell in love with it the main reason for me was to be able to play music better in yoga classes okay what ended up happening is that i gained uh, much respect for the yoga tradition and uh, meditation and um you know then i made a lot of friends a lot of yoga teachers yeah. then. so before the pandemic you know i was out there playing in classes all over bay area right uh, like multiple times a week um sometimes two three times a day <laughs> so that was that was it like i was just out there playing music um for yoga classes but um you know that sort of gave me that foundation yeah but uh, i can say okay this is what spirituality is and um i guess a few years after that we went on a meditation retreat uh, mm. with adya shanti uh, amazing amazing teacher uh, he lives here in our mm -hmm. area uh, and he really like that was it for me like just 
experiencing while putting in words a lot of the things that I was experiencing, um, you know, going through a week of silence. Right. Just yeah. contemplation. Like it was, I would say in conclusion, it was through music that I found the spiritual path that I've had the instinct, the seed for all my life, you know. Mm. Um, music helped, yoga helped, and continue to do so. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I, I find uh, as I dig deeper, I find more and more things there. And I wouldn't necessarily say I am this, I'm that. I'm a part yeah. of Sufism. I'm a part of the yoga tradition. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I well, I think know. they're all the same. <laughs> yeah. I actually think they're all the same. I think the underlying messages in all of them yeah. are very, very similar. So yeah. I think if you're into one, then you're probably going to resonate if you allow yourself to resonate with yeah. most of them, you know. But I love this idea of um, live music being played in 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 a yoga class. Um, that would just, I mean, that just takes it into a completely other dimension. And it must be so beautiful. Oh, it was so fun. It was yeah. a beautiful experience for me. And um, I, I must say, going back to the beginning of our conversation, like why the starving artisans, it was really... Um, the yoga community of the Bay Area that embraced yeah. me, gave me so much confidence. People really resonated with what I was doing and mm. would come up to me and talk to me afterwards, share their experiences, uh, you know. Um, and as an artist, when you find your audience, that's just a blessing. And that's, that's yeah. how, it, how it felt for me, you know. Yes. Uh, yeah, I can imagine, actually. And actually, that's something that actually I wanted to ask you because I feel like... So in my experience, I've always loved world music and, but I've always felt like a bit of a misfit, <laughs> you know, as someone who loves uh, world music, um, because um, I think like here, you'd have to really go and seek people out. You really have to work hard to try and find people. Like it's not something that's kind of, uh in the mainstream people aren't really into world music so you know why why do you think that might be well that has to do with whoever controls what we call popular music you know yeah the, the labels and the companies that are out there to make money to entertain you so like a lot of uh, world music is not necessarily entertainment you know, it might be entertaining, but there is a little bit more to that. Mm. Um, and it comes from a deep tradition. You really, as you said, you really have to seek out. Yes. That. And, you know, my, my friend Madhu says this, like, you are what you sing. You know, it's funny. Uh, we, we were last year, we were um, playing at this retreat with another band, beautiful band. Yeah. Um, and like all of their songs were about breakup a break okay. and this in the, the the singer was explaining you know i uh, my girlfriend and i broke up a year and a half ago sorry i don't know why i'm laughing it's funny on, carry on. <laughs> oh, please do laugh. i, I don't this know if i'm supposed funny. to be laughing or not but it's funny <laughs> yeah. i was laughing um, yeah. this is a year and a half after 
the breakup, he's still singing about the breakup. <laughs> and you can see the way he is walking outside of the concert. He is like, he has that breakup energy in him still. Oh, no. <laughs> you know? You are he needs to come to me to cover coaching. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's over it or not. It doesn't even really matter. You yeah. know what you sing, you know? Yeah. So why sing about worldly things? Look at how much money I have. Look all the girls around me, whatever. Like yeah. the popular music is just surface level stuff yes look how rich i am look at my clothes look at my shoes look at my cars uh you know i'm the best Um, yeah that's such a good point but but if you sit and sing mantras you know if you say look at the divine look glory to the goddess uh, and you keep saying these over and yeah. over instead of saying, look at me, oh, you know, then you become that. Then you yeah. become the goddess. Then you become yeah. that divine energy. Then you become that divine source. So, you know, and this is, <laughs> I don't know if there is some like behind the scenes that's happening to keep people at that surface level. I yeah. don't know. I don't really believe in conspiracies. I think it's out and open. Uh, but, you know, uh, we we as humans we tend to take the shortcut right the shortcut mm. is to just get a little dopamine hit by listening to a pop song mm. and you go to like the top 40 songs uh today in the market yeah they pretty much take the words away or just listen to the melody that doesn't matter what they're saying they all convey the same feeling that same quick hit of a good feel you mm. know yeah but we all know being a human is a whole spectrum of absolutely feelings, right you feel melancholy you feel r- romantic you feel you know dark you yeah. feel joyous you feel heroic there's just all kinds of feelings out there and music can help with this right absolutely so yeah. world music especially gives you that oh gives my god all kinds of feelings right yeah. um so why, why is world pu- music not as popular as it should be? So many reasons. I mean, we could just have a talk on that. Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> maybe on another maybe another time, because I just feel like, you know, half the music I listen to, I don't even understand what they're saying. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, it could be like North African blues music. I don't yeah. understand anything. Um, you know, it could be Brazilian music, but yeah. there's some... But it transcends the language. It transcends. It's a feeling. It, it's something. It evokes an emotion, and I think that's what. Yeah, that's what it gives to me. And I think when you, actually, you know, because on my Instagram, I've often shared world music, and it does resonate with people. It's just not available. And I think because society doesn't think it's cool, I don't think world music has a cool image. Uh, certainly here in the UK, I don't think it's seen yeah, as cool. Yeah, well, I think that's, again, you, you're right. Your observation is correct, but let's also separate that. That's just a story. Uh, Absolutely. It's not cool because, because the 15-year-old no, really teenager cool. <laughs> has, has, well, they, they think it's not really cool because yeah. a 15-year-old teenager never even thought that music exists outside of what they hear yes. in their TikTok, in their radio, or whatever that is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like because they haven't been exposed yeah to whatever is selling being sold to them yeah. outside 
uh, and you know they become a consumer of music as opposed yes. to an admirer right and we all live in capitalist world here it's better mm. to have a consumer than someone who appreciates yeah. well you wouldn't make money out of. yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely but yeah so it's, it, not, it's not that it's 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 you know the 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 reason being is you know they're just like they're just pumping out songs that sell it's mm. a it's a formula give the you know it's like that formula changes over time but like right now the formula is have that clap drop beat whatever like you hear the same same melodies same songs same beats and all of these songs mm. and one of them works all of the major producers go make 100 more of those and then just pump it out to the market and you know and that's it and and they literally put millions and millions and millions of dollars to market yeah. these artists it's such a shame and, you know, yeah and and maybe some of those artists go into the to music the same way I go into with that passion yeah that idea that hey I'm going to like sing my heart whatever yes. my truth is but something happens they they just like put on all these masks and mm. they come out all the same you know yeah it <laughs> um, is yeah I feel such I feel like it's such a shame because I just feel like there's so much depth yeah. to world music there's just yeah it's just so but it rich. is available that's that's the good thing about yeah. what internet has given us you go to spotify you set up a free account you type in world music and there you go yeah but it's you know? it's one of those though Ege. where do you start like if you were a, you, start you know there. sorry you can start right there put world i know music. but you know yeah um, it's true there is i mean you're looking so at much like, hundreds of years of tradition you know yeah um that's true well you just you know you just say oh, i'm gonna try this i don't like it yeah. next song i don't like yeah. it next song. that's yeah. kind of that's kind of how you discover things you know yeah um, i, I so. think we forgot like like um 20 30 years ago we would go to the music store we would look at album yeah, covers this is and true say, oh this one looks cool i'm gonna go try yeah. this you know uh, today we don't try out music anymore no that's what it is I mean, we just yeah. like consume whatever is put in front of us in marketing yeah actually you're right and also i think you know um i think a lot of our music can come from who you're exposed to because i think a lot yeah. of my world music because I, I i was in the in the um because I used to live in London. And so in my early 20s, I was very much in the uh, belly dance circuit. <laughs> like that was my social life. That exposed me to so much world music. Um, and so lots of different genres of music. And I think, yeah, it's also about who, who you, who, who, who's around you as well. And so if everyone around you is listening to the same music, then yeah, it's going to totally be limited. Agree. Mm. And as, as I was told in my, you know, story about my past, it was those people around me that introduced me to all these new bands that mm. changed my life. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. I don't necessarily play the same music as Grateful Dead, but Grateful Dead changed my life mm. about looking at music. And yeah. What music is. Yeah. You know, what mu I thought the music is something that's written on a piece of paper. But then I discovered Grateful Dead or and many others like Grateful Dead, that it can just be something that's made on the spot. Oh, my know? God. Yeah. And that changes, it changes yeah. you. That changes yeah. you. 
you know um so that's it that's that's one is the people around you absolutely and you know that's that that's not just about music the same group oh, of people everything. usually tend yeah. to have the same political views. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the same echo chamber happens, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's that willingness to try things out, especially yeah. with music. Not buying into what's being put in front of you, but doing just the tiniest amount of research mm. and, and and trying different things out. Yeah. You know? And yeah. there's so much music out there and there's so many, so many good artists, amazing yeah. artists. Yeah, out there within and outside of world music in any kind of music any yes. genre of music oh yeah you know um yeah it's it, it just being curious. That, that intention yeah saying, okay like what else is out there yeah and being curious it. absolutely yeah. yeah yeah so um you mentioned that you were um gigging <laughs> at yoga classes yes. around the bay area so you don't live in san francisco now do you uh, just across the bridge in Auckland. Okay, right? cool. Yeah. So, of course, San Francisco is such a hub of creativity and it's so eclectic. So do you think that um, that like helped you to find your kind of tribe? So much, yes, 100%. Mm. Um, like so, so, so much, you know. Uh, when When I actually first moved here, I yeah. was just playing my sitar. I was just playing my guitar for myself. I didn't, yeah, because experience in New York ultimately was like, yeah, I go to a yoga class for five people. I play mm-hmm. for them. That's okay. You know, I have fun. They have fun. Great. But to do that, you know, it's, if it's let's say it's a one-hour yoga class, that means I have to prepare. I have to get everything in a subway. Yeah, go set up. I have to play for them one hour put everything in their bags, go back to the subway. To, like, so it's like a whole yeah, day yeah. commitment some yeah. days. And you know, I loved it. I love yes. the fact that I can get and do it. Right. Yeah. But, you know, then I get a job um, when I was in New York. And um, actually, this is a whole nother story. I, I got into uh, kickboxing and uh-huh. fighting, uh, Muay Thai, Thai style yeah. boxing. And that became uh, a big part of my life. So, took a lot of my free time um so i did less and less gigs uh and then i came out to san francisco and i knew that it had a big yoga community i knew that there's a lot of people that appreciate music but my um my willingness to put myself out there was like kind of like i don't really you know yeah and then my my partner she going through the yoga uh, teacher training she's like you should try again there are a lot of teachers there are a lot of studios here yeah you know so when i tried it out i couldn't believe the response i got you know um, yeah a couple of years into that i was playing in the famous grace cathedral uh they have an amazing okay. yoga uh, uh sort of class they every tuesdays before the pandemic up to like 1000 people people wow. will come to the uh, cathedral fill out all the aisles and every spot and there's <gasps> a labyrinth in the in the middle uh, and the musician is right in the middle of the labyrinth people are with their yoga mats all around and oh. we do yoga and we play music um and you know i got i got to do that many times oh wow know? so from from like five people in some yeah. remote part of brooklyn to you know hundreds of people yeah uh, in a cathedral 
right yeah. so um took a little bit of little bit of like encouragement from my partner yeah to re-engage and yeah uh, i'm so glad that i tried because you know all these albums i have all the new music that i put out everything that came from that one initial spark yeah you know? Um, yeah you must feed off that energy must be so amazing to feed off yes yeah Yeah, to have that many people must be just amazing i still i still go back to that humble root of it doesn't matter how many as long as you're having still (laughs) yes it's great it's great to have many people sure yeah but you know some of my best you know moments in music there was maybe 10 people in the room yeah and there's just this such intimacy of sharing oh. you know feeding off oh. right? so i know that i know that sometimes you know i, I actually would do um private events yeah. for like five group of five people you know and the response i get yeah there is different than being in many so yeah yeah i, I know is that. that i just love playing for people yeah yeah so, I, yeah so how many yes that's 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 like it strokes your ego to say okay yeah <laughs> 200 people there but yeah, that just only goes a certain way you know like yeah it doesn't actually when you say it like that i can imagine if you had five people and they were just so immersed in the experience it would be really pleasurable i can imagine yeah um, and of course you know having all these yogis all around you in a cathedral that's also very enjoyable yeah i can imagine yeah I can imagine. yeah so this is a bit of a random question but it, it just it triggered like a thought in my head but i was recently watching this netflix series and um this woman falls in love with the trumpet player who ends up breaking heart heartbreak right so we've already yeah. touched on that and she says in the series i confused the man with the music and I, 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 I often feel that women fall in love with musicians because the music makes them feel something in their souls that's maybe not available in the normal world. So what, what's your view? Sorry, I know it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a random cheeky question, but I'm just no, curious. No. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's so true. And first of all, it's not only women. Men do the same thing. And it's not just music. Um, sometimes you see... People fall in love with their, you know, spiritual teachers. Yes. Uh, or whatever that is. And um, it's so true to be able to separate out. Yes. The the man and the music for that purpose. Okay, they're yeah. one and they're, they're ultimately one. But just for your, uh, you know, for your sake, for your own purposes, being able to say what I really love is the music. And I yeah. know this, you know, I, I have some stories like that where somebody would you know um experience what i do what i do with madhu and some sometimes we do these things in very 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 intimate settings in ceremony settings um you know we sometimes actually play in uh a native uh, american uh, res- reservation land oh uh, wow in, in ceremonies and mm. we're there for six seven hours uh, just playing live music while people are going through journeys and when they come out there in that open heart space and wow. like they might really uh, think that they're in love with you wow. 
this happens more to Madhu because he's just has this beautiful voice. Um, but you know, through experience, you learn how to guide them through that and say, look, calm down. You know, I know this was an intense experience. Yeah. You have to just kind of like breathe into it and, and it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to navigate. Yeah. Um, but, um, I think what helped me is to recognize Mm. that this is not me, you know, this is. Because that's where the ego can come in as well. Yeah, because that's where the ego, I think, for musicians often comes in as well, because um, the music is so seductive. The music is so seductive. And I think that's what that's what charms or that's what charms or seduces the person. Um, And so if you do fall in love with a musician, you're not actually falling in love with them. You know, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. No, that's okay. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's, and you know, go go see that musician brush their teeth and be in the world. Yeah, exactly. Say that you're in, you're in and love have a tantrum. That, you know, see, <laughs> right. Yeah, you always see them outside of that context before yeah. you say. Uh, but you know, I think more than the listener, it's 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 the musician's responsibility to know mm. and recognize what's going on. And I talked about this a little bit on our Inside Timer Circle. Okay the musician's ego is a real thing oh gosh yeah you know that was like one it was hard to admit yeah two it was hard to uh conquer yeah Uh, you know or or make peace you know not even conquer like make peace yeah but um you have to go through the experiences right you have to go to the experience of somebody being seducted by your music and saying, well, look at me. I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so good. Yeah. And then recognizing that that wasn't you. Yeah. That was something else. Yeah. Completely different than you. And then next time that happens, being able to say, okay, I know what this person is going through. I am not going to attach to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And when you don't attach to it, they, they, you know the person who's seducted by the music will find out on their own that it was the music it wasn't the person yeah yeah as long as you don't feed them you don't egg them on yeah absolutely absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. and the thing is you know um i've i've been seduced by you know musicians and dancers and all sorts you know I, i was telling you earlier i had a a dancer on the podcast I did a interview last night and I um I said to her I said you've been my girl crush for the last 10 years <laughs> and uh she was like yay but you know thankfully she turned out to be a really nice person as well you're <laughs> not just right. a beautiful dancer but you know you, they might not be you know and I think but it is there's something so seductive about music it's just so powerful you know and uh yeah so i just i I was just curious what uh what you would say so what is the dream then for egerman sandy (laughs) yes yes the dream the dream is right now the dream is to keep playing you know i just played right before you i played 
on inside timers yeah i love it i, I yeah for me the dream is to keep doing what i'm yeah. doing without any expectation without any reservation yeah uh, you know i i i love to I, I i love it i love it so much you know i oh. love i love instruments you know? yeah so uh, i i you know i taught you some vocal exercises yes um I know what how important it is to use your own body, yeah. use your own voice, but I don't necessarily uh, want to sing on a record. You know, yeah. I got Madhu for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, let's say we're on a live concert and I'm feeling it. I'll take the mic from him and I'll sing a couple things. Okay. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is like I love instruments. I'm always growing my collection of instruments and. And sometimes things come, sometimes I let them go. I, you know, for example, uh, one of my uh, happy drums. Yeah. I gave that away to a young person who came to uh, ask me about all these instruments. Uh, and I was like, here, take this as a gift. Aww. You know, so like that, you know, so it's not, I'm not here to hoard instruments yeah. either. I'm here to, uh, you know, get the blessing of each instrument um like the sitar oh and like the hand pans like the flutes but also being able to let them go yeah um, the the dream is to use the dream is to be on the path of music mm. into liberation yeah you know the dream is to oh i love that share uh, this experience with people who are open to it and if there is money to be made along the way, don't worry. I have a business sense. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, yeah. I, I, I won't give it away for free. You know yeah. I mean? I've been giving Ege uh, a, a hard time before. That's why he's saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. Never, never forgetting the ultimate, uh, ultimate, you know, what's the most important thing? Adi Ashanti, my teacher, always yeah. says, what is the most important thing to you? Yeah. You know, and that's going to change it's we're not yeah. static beings it's we're dynamic yeah 100 beings. you know that changes and i always ask myself well what is the most important thing mm. and what came out right now is that you know yeah. finding liberation through the practice yeah. the path of music yeah i love that i love that so how can people get in touch with you okay they can get in touch with me through all kinds of social media my uh -huh. website um Egemen Sanli, E-G-E-M-E-N-S-A-N-L-I. I'm on Instagram, Egesan, E-G-E-S-A-N. I'm on Inside Timer, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Spotify, iTunes, all the things. Perfect. Um, you know, so however you want to, you know, I try to make what I do as accessible as possible to mm -hmm. as many people as possible. So whatever you use. Go search me up on that, and chances are you're gonna you're gonna find me. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I would love to hear um, your thoughts, your reflections. Those are always so welcome. Yeah. Um, and I've learned how to receive them. Yes. Not from the egoistic perspective, but uh, more from that wider perspective. Okay. So it's always nice to hear. Yeah. Uh, you know, what what came up for you? Yes. Um, yeah, and new album is coming out in a yes. couple, 
couple weeks not very soon i very we actually have we made a song called i am goddess so every uh, it's seven songs beautiful six of them are in san- sanskrit one yeah. song is in english the last okay. song and it's called i am goddess i'm so excited to put that out there that's um, amazing yeah and we we like after that i have three more projects that are uh, on the table to be picked up um, and i'm always out there just doing it uh, non-stop putting it out there you know yeah, yeah amazing so, yeah there's a you've got a compilation on youtube um it's a yoga you've got lots of yoga jams and um i was listening to it and then there was the music transitioned um and then it came to a point where it was just so like impactful like i i probably listened to it on repeat for about five days like just that far that it just resonated so deeply and it just made it made me want to move so I did move and yeah, it was, it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. So Thank yeah, I lo- love it. Well, thanks for having me. Thank so you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Share a little bit of what I do, where I've been, what, you know, but yeah, not forgetting that, you know, just, just that we're here together and yes, the past is the past. The future is the future to yes. me. If I can focus on right now, um, you know, um, that's the goal. And music gets me there. Music yeah. helps me experience now. Yes. Um, fully. Um, yeah. So if, if you take one thing away from our uh, talk today, take that. Can yeah. you use music to experience now? Beautiful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. It was nice to be here. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate and review. And to keep up to date with all of our latest news, follow our page, The Trailblazers Journey on Instagram. Until next time.